Okay. Okay. So today, today, we are reading the Monster Stories book. We are reading the Monster Stories book. We are reading from the Scales and Tales section. We are reading from the Scales and Tales section. And we are reading the fifth book. We are reading the fifth book. Fifth story, I should say. And it is called... Fafnir the Dragon. It, and it's called Fafnir the Black Dragon. Mm-hmm. And it's written by James Baldwin, and it's from the story of Siegfried. Siegfried. <laughs> There's a lot of words. From the story Siegfried. Siegfried. Mm. Siegfried. Siegfried. It's a person's name. Actually, Siegfried is a great warrior, and he always travels with Greyfell, who is a white horse with a gleaming mane. And Siegfried and Regin are on their way to try and kill Fafnir, who is a dragon. Now, this story is read to us by Mommy and... Do you have a name today? Repeat. Do you have a name today? Repeat. (laughs) (laughs) I think today I am joined by repeat. I think today I'm joined by repeat. (laughs) This is a fun day. (laughs) It's a fun day. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Try to keep up, okay, repeat? Okay. So. Okay. okay. This story is actually an ancient story. It's from ancient Norse mythology. And we know another guy who is from Norse mythology, and his name is Thor. And he's got a half brother named Loki. And they are sons of Odin. And those are all characters from Norse mythology, as is this guy, Siegfried. And as is his buddy, Regan, and this monster, Fafnir the dragon. So, without any further ado, here we go. Early in the morning, Siegfried mounted Greyfell. And we remember Greyfell is the name of his horse. And rode out towards the desert land that lay beyond the forest and the barren mountain range for seven days. They wended their way through the thick forest, sleeping at night on the bare ground beneath the trees, while the wolves and other beasts of the forest filled the air with their hideous howlings. Now, what does a wolf howl like? sound like? There you go. But... No evil creature dared come near them for fear of the shining beams of light which fell from Greyfeld's gleaming mane. Oh my goodness. Do you understand what that means? It means that our friend Siegfried here has a shiny horse. His horse is shiny. Amazing. On the eighth day, they came to the open country and to the hills where the land was covered with black boulders. 
No living thing was seen there, not even an insect, nor a blade of grass. And the silence of the grave was over all. That's, yeah, there we go. Silence of grave. Okay. The earth was dry, and the sun hung above them like a painted shield in a blue-black sky. And there was neither shade nor water anywhere. But Siegfried rode onwards. He's not afraid. Towards the evening of the next day, they came to a dark mountain wall that stretched out far on either side and rose high above them. Slowly and painfully, they climbed the steep cliff, sometimes following a narrow path that wound along the edge of a precipice. Pause. Do you know what a precipice is? No. Oh, it's a great word. It's like a, it's like um, one of those golden words. People like to use it if they can. A precipice means that it is a thin ledge that is over a very big steep canyon or um, if, if you fall, if you, if you aren't careful with your steps, you could fall off of the edge into a very deep place and probably get very badly hurt or maybe even die. So you don't want to walk along the edge of a precipice. That's very dangerous. It's a great word though. Precipice. It's like the ledge or the edge of a deep cavern or canyon or place where you could fall. Mountainside. Got it? Got it. Okay. Ooh, the precipice is below you. Watch out! Ah! <laughs> um, friends, if you want to pretend that you're on a precipice, then please do, but watch your steps, okay? Okay. <clears throat> sometimes leaping from rock to rock or over some deep gorge, and sometimes picking their way through among the crags and cliffs. Other really great words, a deep gorge. Like, a gorge is another way of saying, like, a deep space, like a canyon or... Um, some place that you could fall, right? There would be a precipice along a gorge. Aha, see? All right, it all makes sense. Okay. At last, oh, this, <laughs> okay. Well, stop, stop pretending that you're gonna fall off the edge of the precipice and come over and, and let's finish reading the story. Okay, thank you. The sun at last went down and one by one the stars came out. The moon was rising round and red when Siegfried stood by Regan's side and gazed from the mountaintop down upon the glittering heath that lay beyond. And a strange, weird scene it was that met his eyes. At the foot of the mountain was a river, white and cold and still. Beyond it was a smooth and barren plain, lying silent and lonely in the pale moonlight. Now, a plain is what? It's another word for kind of a grasslands, like it's a flat place, right? But it sounds like this one was a smooth plain, so I don't think it would have any grasses on it. But 
check it out. As Siegfried gazed upon the scene, he saw the dim outline of some hideous monster moving and seemed seeming all the more terrible in the uncertain light. It is he, whispered Regan in fear. It is Fafnir the dragon. Should we not go back or will you dare to go forward and meet the dragon? <coughs> you okay? Looks like there's two people. Well, like, yeah, because this is, this is, you see how his, his horse is shining? This, in the picture we can see that there is two people and they're looking out over this space to see the dragon. And the first one is, with a gleaming horse, Siegfried. And the person next to him is Regan. You okay? You got it? Okay. Philip is having snacks, and I think the, the cracker went down the wrong tube. Are you okay? You want to go get your milk? It's on the table. You good? No, I want water. Okay. <coughs> There's some right there. Okay. Back to the story. None but cowards give up, answered Siegfried. Go back if you are afraid, but you must go alone. You have brought me to meet the dragon of the heath. Before the setting of another sun, the deed which you have urged me to do will be done. Then he dashed down the eastern slope of the mountain, leaving Greyfell, which is his horse, and the trembling Regan behind him. Soon he stood on the banks of the White River, which lay between the mountain and the heath. But the stream was deep, and the channel was very wide. He paused a moment, wondering how he should cross. While he stood, a boat came silently out of the mists and drew near. The boatman stood up and called to him. What man are you who dares come into this land of loneliness and fear? I am Siegfried, answered the lad. Oh, lad? I didn't realize he was a lad. Goodness. And I have come to slay Fafnir the dragon. Sit in my boat, said the boatman, and I will carry you across the river. Siegfried stepped in and sat by the boatman's side, and the little vessel vessel turned and moved towards the further shore. In what way will you fight the dragon? asked the boatman. With my trusty sword, Balmung, answered Siegfried. Oh, did you hear that? Siegfried has named his sword, and his sword is named Balmung. Just like, like um, hmm. Other people name their swords too, right? And someone names their hammer. Yes, exactly. Thor named his hammer Mjolnir. And Siegfried named his sword Balmung. And I think King Arthur named his sword Excalibur. There's lots of people who name their swords. It's very popular. It's a thing to do. Okay. But if you're a knight or a king or someone who's brave and have a magical sword, you probably do need to give it a name, I think. Here we go. But he breathes 
Oh, but he breathes deadly poisons, and his eyes dart forth lightning. And no man can withstand his strength, said the boatman. I will find some way by which to overcome him. Then be wise and listen to me, said the boatman. As you go up from the river, you will find a road, warm, deep, and smooth, starting from the water's edge and winding over the moor. It is the trail of Fafnir, down which he comes at dawn of every day to drink at the river. Dig a pit in this road and hide yourself within it. In the morning, when Fafnir passes over it, let him feel the edge of Balmung. As the man ceased speaking, the boat touched the sore and Siegfried leaped out. He looked back to thank his unknown friend, but neither boat nor boatman was to be seen. Then the lad remembered that the strange boatman had worn a blue hood with golden stars and that his one eye glistened and sparkled with a light that was more than human. Siegfried knew that he had talked with Odin. Okay. Odin. Do you remember who Odin is? No. The Allfather? Yeah. He's Thor's dad. He's kind of like the god the top dog god in Norse mythology. Okay, because remember the Norse people used to believe a whole bunch of different gods all did different things. Kind of like the Greeks and the Romans and a lot of ancient civilizations. Let's keep going. Then, with a braver heart than before, he went forward along the riverbank until he came to Fafnir's trail, a deep wide furrow in the earth beginning at the river's bank and winding far away over the heath. The bottom of the trail was soft and slimy and its sides had been worn smooth by Fafnir's travel through it. In this road Siegfried with his trusty sword Baumung scooped out a deep and narrow pit. When the gray dawn began to appear in the east. He hid himself within its pit and waited for the coming of Fafnir. He had not long to wait, for no sooner had the sky begun to redden in the light of the coming sun than the dragon was heard. Siegfried peeped from his hiding place and saw him coming far down the road with bloodshot eyes, gaping mouth, and flaming nostrils, the hideous creature came rushing onwards. His sharp, curved claws dug deep into the soft earth, and his bat-like wings half trailed on the ground, half flapped in the air. It was a terrible moment for Siegfried, but he was still not afraid. He crouched low down in his hiding place, and the bare blade of his trusty Baumung glittered in the morning light. And in the picture, you can see what happens next. Oh, my gracious. On came the fastening feet, and the red gleam from the monster's flaming nostrils lit up the pit where Siegfried lay. Then a black, inky mass rolled above him. Now was his chance. 
the bright edge of Baumung struck the heart of Fenfnir as he passed. The monster stopped short. While but half of his long body had glided over the pit, for sudden death had overtaken him. His horrid head fell lifeless on the ground. His cold wings flapped once and then lay quivering and helpless, spread out on either side. Streams of thick black blood flowed from his heart through the wound beneath and filled the trench in which Siegfried was hidden. It ran like a mountain torrent down the road towards the river. Siegfried was covered from head to foot with the slimy liquid, and had he not leapt quickly from his hiding place, he would have drowned in the swift rushing stream, Yuck City. That was my own little addition there, friends. It wasn't in the book. The bright sun rose in the east, covering the mountain tops, and fell upon the still waters of the river, lighting up the treeless plains around. The sound of singing birds and rippling waters, such as had not broken the silence of the glittering heath for ages, came to Siegfried's ears. The dragon was dead, and nature had awakened from her sleep of dread. The shining Greyfell stood by his side. Siegfried turned his back on the fearful scene and rode away. So swiftly did Greyfell carry him over the desert land, the mountain waste, that when night came, they stood on the shore of the great North Sea, and the white waves broke at their feet. Home again, home again. Jiggity jig. And that, my friends, is the end of our story of Fafnir the dragon. And Siegfried has, sca- has, has definitely done his job. He was supposed to slay the dragon, and I think I will say he did. He most certainly did. And very bravely, because I think I might have had to change my pants. But that's the end of the story. And can we say the end? Echo, little Sir Echo? The end. Oh, I have lost my repeat. Now he just smiles at me bashfully. But that's okay. I'll say it for you. Oh, okay. The end. Yeah.